Oh man, duh. That means. I like that. <laughs> oh man, duh. <laughs> That's just me um taking back my elementary school bullies, you know? Wait, did they actually said that? Yes. That's kind of like creatively lame. <laughs> like, is that really supposed to be an insult? She's a man, duh. <sighs> like I'm a boy. Yeah, it's just like, I feel like, I don't know. That was just kind of like... Well, kids aren't, like, you know, top tier insults. They also were just like, you're fat. <laughs> so... <laughs> See, that one, that one cuts deep. I mean... I mean it's the simple <laughs> ones that cut deep. Yeah, what happened? My, my screen name. Oh. Hi, the guy, Jerome. I like yeah. that we just keep coming up with fun new names, and Joe is always just Joseph Gerhardt. <laughs> I don't have to do it. You guys have to, like, enter in, like, info before you join on or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's lame. <laughs> it's just me. I just press a button and it's just like, you ready? I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> you want to invite friends? I got friends. I got a couple. I got a I got, few. I got a few. <laughs> so what the hell are we talking about today? Today is about hot takes. I know that. Hot takes like hot cakes. Like a pancake? <laughs> Hey, talking yeah. about pancakes. I like pancakes. Welcome to I our like them too. pancake dedicated podcast. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor? You know what? Fuck a blueberry pancake. Yo, I I, I can get down with a blueberry pancake though. No, no thank you. Dude, chocolate chip pancakes are good. Chocolate chip banana. Mm. But no, no, no. I can't have it in the pancake. I want it on top. Nah, chocolate chip sprinkle banana. That in, shit. You crush up the bananas and you sprinkle in the chocolate chips and then you cook it. Now nah, I can't have chocolate in man. That's just wrong. I don't know if you had right before, Joe. <laughs> but, why have pancakes when you can have French toast? Oh, French toast. You, it, there's a difference though. It's hard to get good French toast. I like a good brioche French toast. I'm not picky. Oh, I fancy like, as fuck over here. I like homemade French toast with fucking white bread and egg and milk and cinnamon maybe vanilla if you're feeling fancy i like it so drizzled, vanilla. drizzled with like apple and cinnamon and whipped or cream on top if you're boring I mean, Ooh, or oh my god the french toast at callahan's with the cream cheese and the strawberries cream cheese strawberries that's good stuff <sighs> welcome to mighty flail the all breakfast all the time <laughs> podcast <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Breakfast. <laughs> I fucking love breakfast, man. Give me a good skillet, waffles, grapes. I could eat breakfast for all meals. Yeah, like I'd be perfectly content. Uh, so good. Not Jared. Jared doesn't like eggs. Wait, you don't like eggs? I don't really super like eggs. No, too What's many eggs. Like, like, I like omelets. Like... I like omelets and I like skillets, but I don't like eggs. You you like eggs with stuff in it that you don't taste yeah, the egg. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, like sunny side up. I, don't I like yeah. eggs if they taste like meat. <laughs> he says. <laughs> pretty much. 
I don't I don't like even scrambled eggs make me sick. Really? Yeah. Man. I'm about sorry. the carbs and the protein when it comes to breakfast. Well, I don't need I don't need the meat. Eggs are so we're like opposites. <laughs> the meat protein. I don't care about sausage. I don't really care about bacon. See, oh. I I've grown further and further away from bacon over the past couple of years. I don't need Yeah, bacon. I feel like I have too. I just want like carbs. I have like a couple strips, but if you give me like ten pieces, I'm just gonna like Ugh. It's too much. Not like I used to be. I could just eat a whole pound. Mm-hmm. Everything's changed when you get old, man. <laughs> All the food you see, I, I could eat like a dozen donuts in a sitting, but now I'm just like, I eat one, I'm just like, this is a, a lot bit, of sugar, man. Yeah, this is too sweet. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't the... think that was actually going to happen. I feel <laughs> 90. Just give me a, a, just a dollop of grease on my food and I'm knocked out for the day. Oh yeah, <laughs> I kind of feel like that too. We're God, old. It sucks. Okay, let's start the podcast. <laughs> Talk about getting old and eating breakfast. We wake up at five in the morning, just get some. Listen, I don't care. Breakfast. I don't care how old I get. I'm not waking up at five in the morning. <laughs> Yo, I've been routinely falling asleep at like three in the morning. So, so we oh. still have some youth to us. There's yeah, I, f- I f- yeah we. S- we're still alive. We're kicking. <laughs> the fucking alive. bare minimum. God, we sound like worse and worse by the minute, man. <laughs> Welcome to the old D&D man podcast. <laughs> yeah, so the high point of my day was eating a half a can of Pringles. <laughs> Youth. <laughs> Alright, here we go. I'm going to start. For real. Okay. Alright. Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the MightyFlail.com podcast, where we mix entertainment and inspiration into one D&D-related bullshit article. Also, we are sponsored by the amazing Amanda Panda brand, where you can buy custom D&D shirts, mugs, blogs, etc. Right? Is there other stuff you do, too? Do you like everything? There's, it's like just apparel in general, like shirts and mugs and hats and hoodies and beanies. and. I'm saying right now, I need a Mighty Flail mug. Because I have 15 mugs and I need another one. Yeah. We were just discussing that. We have three cabinets full of cups that we don't use. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Today we have Jared. Hello. And Mandy. Hello. Here with us today to give their opinions on some D&D hot takes that I stole from the internet. Alright, so without ado... We start with a guy named Eldritch B. He says, a lot of people should just play other tabletop games. How do you feel about that? Like, yeah. instead of D&D? Like, something yeah. wrong with D&D? Or, like... No, just, like, in general, like... There's an opinion that D&D is, like, the one game to rule the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I think it definitely overshadows a lot of TTRPGs. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of agree with this. Like, it's not much of a hot take. It's more like an opinion. But uh, it's hard finding, like, a lot of really good hot takes. So some of these are kind of mild. But <laughs> I thought it was an interesting one. Lukewarm takes. Lukewarm mm-hmm. takes. See, Lukewarm I, takes. I, I agree with it. Well, it's, it's tough. Because right now, D&D has kind of that, that apex TTRPG. It's the one that has the best marketing team. And with like huge podcasts like uh, 
Critical Role or what is it, Fantasy High and all of that whatnot. Um, there's just a lot of exposure for D&D, and so it does seem like it overshadows some of those smaller ones or those more niche uh, TTRPGs. But also, I mean, marketing helps, but I mean, it's also old as fuck. Was it from like 73 or something like that? Well, there's some other old ones that are pretty popular. Like, you got the World of Darkness series. I think it's been going on for quite a while. Let me see. But yeah, I totally agree. Like, Cthulhu's out there. I mean, there's zombie-themed ones. There's, like, uh, the Avatar one. Kickstarter just came out today, which I jumped in at. So, I mean, that better be good. (laughs) Sometimes it's kind of hard, like... A lot of these games, I mean, they're they're everywhere, but you don't know where to look. I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, I mean, it it does help to uh, you got to really expose yourself. D and D has the luxury of kind of being out there, being in your face, uh, being kind of the poster child of the internet. But uh, everybody would just benefit from taking a trip down to your local game store or comic book store. And just kind of look at the shelf of the various uh, TTRPGs. I know I went to a game store a couple months ago, and they had some wacky stuff from Princess uh, Princess Bride TTRPG to oh, Alien to uh, something as small and like digestible as uh, Kids on Bikes. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Visit your local game store. Bam, no fine shit. I don't do that enough. I I don't either. Uh, Even though the one is fairly close to our house. uh, But it's one of those things you just don't go out to do too much unless you're super into like topic books and stuff. You need to get that weekly drop or whatever. Yeah. What's that place called? That's Emerald Emerald City Games? Yeah, Emerald City Comics. Yeah, I like that place. That's, That's a big place. They got like a little bit of everything. And I know there's another place that... Uh, I believe Cody uh, talked about that we never went to. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I looked into that too. I just, I just never actually went there. And then there's another one that's right down the road from uh, where you live that I wanted to go to, but it was closed. Was there's one? Was it like closed for good? I don't know if it was. No, it still had merchandise and stuff, and I think it was just closed for the weekend. Oh, well, I have to actually double check on that then. Randy, like, if you had a choice. <laughs> of the shit you love. Jared, sit down. <laughs> Maybe. All the stuff that you love, what would be like the one TTRPG that you'd want to try? Like nothing like too specific if you don't have to you don't have to be, but like this is like a fairy based one. I know you are really into a fairy character, so there's like a a fae specific TTRPG. I mean that'd be kinda cool. If everybody was just little fairies running around, that'd be fun. It's like a Tinkerbell one. The things that interest me the most are like, um, as far as like if I'm if I'm like watching like a one shot, I'm really into if it's kind of based on like a movie or a pop culture reference. So like, uh, Critical Role did an episode where it was like Breakfast Club meets Harry Potter. That was yeah, cool. that was kind of cool. So I think uh, another, but I guess that's still it's still D and D. So 
I don't know. I mean, Strixhaven is. That's. I think that's basically what's going to be. But Harry Potter D and D. To um, <clears throat> to have a world like, I would love to have like a world inside of like, uh, Willy Wonka. Oh, jeez. Or inside of, I always thought a Wizard of Oz one would be fun. Oh, that would be cool. I wonder if there is one of those. I feel like there should be. But I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about other systems to know, like, if D&D is the place to do that or if another system would do it better. I don't know. I haven't actually tried a lot of different systems. Mainly it's just D&D and then there's um, Kindle Bikes. I think those pretty much the two. I mean, I played Alice is Missing, but I'm not sure if you call that TTRBG. Or like um, with Kids and Bikes, I feel like the aesthetic lends itself to like a Stranger Things campaign or um, the movie It campaign. Oh, Jesus. Like, Fuck that. Oh my god. I think that would be so much fun to do an it d Oh, campaign. totally, but I, mean, <laughs> I have some nightmares out of that shit. <laughs> I refuse to watch that movie. I fucking refuse. I think uh, the, the thing about the different RPG styles or TTRPGs like Kids on Bikes is it's able to be adapted into uh, those kind of properties, especially Kids on Bikes. I think it drew a lot of inspiration from those Stranger Things, from it, uh, the idea that you're these kids, uh, a lot of the time, set in the 80s, and you're, you have to solve some sort of mystery, or foil some sort of monster that's coming to town. Uh, I think that's kind of the fun of exploring these new, uh, generally smaller TTRPGs, and systems can be kind of molded into those pop culture uh, adventures that we've grown to love. Yeah, the one you, you did was pretty cool. I mean, in the end, I think it was, it was a, a werewolf that we had to, like, fight, I guess? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, a bunch of kids at camp. Uh, things start going a little wacky and awry. Kids start disappearing, only to find out that there's a special moon that's coming uh in which it uh kind of had like a uh blast from the past type werewolf uh reoccurring kind of mystery happen that was a fun one but there's also things like uh monster of the week and stuff where you can enact those kind of role plays as well uh there's a whole especially now uh, that D&D's blown up so much that there's such an explosion of other TTRPGs. Yeah, there's, I feel like there's something new every day. Alright, moving on. The next guy, his name is Forte Base. He says, 5e is pretty bad as a system because of how restrictive and lacking in content it is. Yes, I get it's meant to be an easy access with like quotations to play D&D. But that just means you had to dumb it down for your users. It isn't designed for complexity. Such stagnates quickly. I don't think that's true at all. Granted, I haven't played 3.5 or any other versions, but I feel like you can kind of do whatever you want, especially if your DM allows you to have 
you know, customization or a dash of homebrewing. But with all of the different, like, editions and stuff that's out there, all the different, like, books and things that you can choose from, I feel like you can kind of do whatever. I like the 5e system. Like, I get, it's like, okay, yeah, granted, I haven't played the other systems, but from what I've heard from other people, like, you can do more stuff with it, but I feel like the more complexity just bogs shit down. I played other games that are kind of like that, and I just don't have the patience for that, and I feel like 5e is just, it's streamlined, but you can spread out between how complex you want it and how simple you want it. I don't like, want it to be hard to like, yeah. figure out. I really thought it was going to be like hard when I was first alerted. Like that book was freaking intimidating, but once you start getting into it, there's basically just like two rules you follow, and then the rest you just kind of bullshit your way through it <laughs> if you want to. And I mean, I, I feel like less is more with Five E, and I like that better. We're actually the casuals. We <laughs> are we the casuals? No, I I think that Five uh, E did a good job making D and D more accessible to the masses. Uh, Three point five, what I remember, is a bit more number crunchy. Granted, they had a little bit more customization. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like Five E could use more feats. Uh, maybe, uh, but really, like like you guys said, there's room for homebrew. Uh, if there's a certain kind of race that you want, it's super easy, especially with Tasha's, to reskin maybe a, I don't know, a tabaxi into a fox person or something. Like, you have, the, the thing about D&D is... Uh, the rules are a guideline, and if you find a way where you can have more fun or customize your character in a way that you find most fit for your character, you work with your DM and just make it happen. Like, you don't have to follow the rules to a T, you just gotta have fun. Yeah, this is the way it makes it sound like what he says, as such, it stagnates quickly. I feel like. He's just not as creative as he could be. I don't know. <laughs> like, even there's uh, the, um, uh, what do you call that? Where people, like, write and sell their own kind of adventures and, like, extra stuff. Uh, like, yeah, drive-through like, uh, RPG. Yeah, R- RPG uh, Yeah, that one. And there's, like, ten more. Um, yeah, like, if you look through those, there are supplements. Like, so many extra stuff that you could Dra- buy for like 99 cents for free or like five bucks it's amazing yeah it's uh drive through rpg.com yeah for anybody that who's one. curious about it and they also have uh from just a look at it uh stuff for all sorts of uh systems uh they even have tabletops uh like self-published tabletops of their own uh, I'm looking on the front page right now, and it looks like somebody made uh, an SCP tabletop RPG. Oh, uh, that would be fun. So, it's it, there's plenty of content out there for everybody. Uh, yeah, I, I, I bought a tavern rule book <laughs> from there, and it's awesome. 
that's where I, I believe I bought um, kids on bikes off of drive through RPG. Oh, did you? Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, they, they tell. It looks like uh, legit stuff. Like uh, I see Cyberpunk Red on it, which is a big box RPG. Um, I got my first one shot that I ever DM. The first time I ever DM was a Christmas one shot. It was free on uh, Drive Through RPG, and nice. it was super easy to to run, uh, especially being my first uh, DMing. But yeah, the everything's out there if you just uh, take Give a, it a look chance. For it. Yeah. Okay, let's go to number three by Death by Suplex. Aarakocra being able to fly as a racial ability is a non-issue, and people who complain about it are lazy and uncreative DMs. <sighs> um, I'm back and forth on that. It, it, I mean, it depends. Um, like I get, I get like when I was first DMing that I I nixed that car- like that race like instantly, like my first campaign, because flying rules i just did not understand just like right now swimming rules i still don't fully understand it because i never do water combat you move at half speed you can only use certain weapons to a point yeah i'm i'm sure it's way more simple i just don't care to learn them Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's just on me but yeah i mean once you learn that you know flying as a racial ability is really just flying a certain amount of like feet and if they get hit they basically just fall to the ground I think the the uh, person's problem with it is as a DM I, c- I can see it both ways one uh, you can just adapt to it you, you can find a bajillion ways to uh, make flying a non-issue uh, just like uh, I recently in my campaign ran into the issue of uh about 60% of my team being able to fly. Um, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> all, all I had to do was throw one wizard out uh, who had a spell that grounded them. Uh, That's on purpose. I should have realized it. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh. Yeah, what was I that mean, spell? That's like the Earthbind? Uh, yeah, I believe it's Earthbind. Yeah, that fucked us over hard. Yeah, and nobody even tried to attack it. Granted, there was an ancient black dragon, but... Yeah, everyone's worried about that guy. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. Um, But still, I can see it also going the other way in that you don't want to... Flying almost can invalidate um, like a lot of puzzles and a lot of issues. Like, oh no, we have to get to the top of the mountain before the big bad evil guy gets up there he has a head start and you just completely nullify that by having uh, one Aarakocra fly up or that's well, but, a good point but, but but then you might as well just say that you don't allow druids in your campaign yeah I mean that's that's the thing well or you I don't do. allow polymorph like yeah I think it's more of an issue for DMs at an earlier level because a lot of those skills uh, and the ability to fly as a druid come around level six or seven, uh, druid eight specifically. Uh, but when you're a level one campaign and the whole like 
point of the puzzle is, oh, you have to get this metal off the top of a 100-foot pole that's greased. How are you going to do it? And Bird's just like, all right, here I go. Ooh, I flew. Uh, you just, <laughs> or, man, there's a, an artifact that we need to get uh, on the other side of this chasm. How are we going to get it? Fly over, dummies. Haha. I somewhat went through that in Tomb Annihilation just last session. Oh. It wasn't flying, but it was just like, I got super speed. Watch me do this. <laughs> like, I was not prepared for that. There's just instant teleportation. <laughs> yeah. Slightly but, different situation, but yeah. yeah. But really, I, I I think overall it's a non-issue. Um, yeah, it's it's really not. I mean, if it comes to a point where it becomes an issue, I think the main problem is you're just not being creative with it, and or you're just not rewarding them for their creativity. Yeah. Which kind of hurts the DM because you have like a different idea of what you want them to do. And when they supersede that with something like cool and creative, and at first you're just like, like I lost. It's hard to get past that feeling, but you should really be saying like, oh, that, that shit was cool. Like, congrats, you're you're flying like was super helpful in this situation. Yeah, and if if it's that big of a deal for you, just put everything in a building with roofs uh, where flying doesn't even matter. Yeah, like there's a lot of things you can work around if it becomes like. If they're solving too much by flying, <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's definitely a lot you could do. Yeah. Mandy, would you ever play an Aarakocra? Um, I don't know enough about them to be able to answer that question. They're just bird people. They're bird people. I think their only cool thing is talons, and they can fly. <laughs> That's a cool racial thing. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I tend to stick towards more. Uh, like traditional giants. humanoid type races. <laughs> She's actually pretty two racist. <laughs> <laughs> she she hates those freak monster races. Ay ay ay. Bird person, ugh. Give me a human. Actually, fuck humans. Give me a half elf. That's yeah. That's my go-to. Everybody loves. Man, no, something about elves I'm just not a big fan of. I'm a freak. Now who's the racist? <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe's got that, that superiority uh, dagger ears. Ugh. Yeah, know, give I me like, that kobold any day, man. Listen, his kobold was pretty racist, actually. <laughs> he fucking was. He hated gnomes. Yeah. Yo, I'm a gnome player, everybody. Support the gnomes. <laughs> Uh. Uh. <laughs> Alright, number four From Blue Vitriol I thought this one was kind of interesting I've always wanted to try this He says, gritty realism should have been The standard Which means if nobody knows what The gr- gritty realism mode is It's pretty simple A short rest is now eight hours long And a long rest is a week What? Yeah it no. really extends, like it definitely makes it more real. All than, like, it's gonna do is make people time skip more. Like people are still gonna take a long rest and just be like, "Well, I guess we're hanging out here for a week." But I feel like it, it opens up different things. Like there's 
tons of rules like in Xanathar's that open it up where you can do things in between times like I want to learn how to speak another language this kind of stuff that kind of opens up kind of a new a new world but I also understand like that's just going to add time and shit it's like almost tracking weight you know yeah and the problem with that is that it limits some races uh, far more than others mm-hmm. so like a wizard can only use its spell slots uh, once a week essentially oh geez just like the cleric like you can choose your spells once a week which that's yeah I mean it, it really uh, affects spellcasters a little bit more other than it like really locks or whatever but I I think it has a little bit of merit to it in that I think that would um, make healing a little more realistic I think in fifth, well in, in D&D in general uh just like healing is very kind of glossed over. Oh I no! I just uh, I got stabbed in the stomach. Uh, you just give me a give me a good sleep. That's <laughs> like video games in general, though. Like, I if we were playing like real, if you <laughs> describe what the injury is and they just stabbed your arm, then you no longer would be able to like use that arm properly. But we don't do that because that would make things too complicated. Which would go back to that one question with like the complexity. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I know that the the DMG actually uh, kind of has a, a bit of an explanation, I believe, or this might have just been something I read off of Reddit. But I, I kind of like the idea. Uh, it's something that we never kind of put into practice. But uh, HP being more thought of as like stamina rather than injuries. I think uh, that was a Reddit. It might have been a Reddit thing. Yeah. But like an example, like it's not just like health, like oh you got stabbed. It's more like, oh this guy like hits you really hard, like you're not bleeding, but damn that really you know like fucked you up a little bit, tired you. Mm-hmm. Or you are just clashing uh, your swords with somebody who's stronger than you and. They hit you with a uh, a overwhelming strike that you manage to block with your sword, but the reverberation just kind of gasses your arm out, and you could say that's taking twenty damage. Yeah, but yeah, uh, don't don't do that gritty reels and stuff. That just <laughs> that just stretches out the time too much. I feel like I'd like to try like a short campaign like maybe like a five session five day session one just to see like how it would really feel where we also track our eating drinking uh, <laughs> carry weight i'm not saying we're going crazy but we're tracking arrows <laughs> i feel like adding gritty realism would really make you think before you like go into battles go into a dungeon you can't just like sleep it off yeah like you'd have to like think like okay can we do this or should we just like like leave rather than be like ah we can take a short rest after this it's fine <laughs> yeah. there's also another one that's called I think it's epic hero fantasy or something like that I forgot what the real word term is but a short rest is like 10 minutes and a long rest is like an hour oh Jesus <laughs> god we're the, you're gods at that point <laughs> <laughs> you, you wanna 
see me powered kill. All right, give me a, give me an hour. I got <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I can kill twenty four people a day. I don't know. I I just like that the idea of gritty realism. It just feels more tactical, I guess, in my eyes. But to each their own, really. I mean, I'm I'm back to the question. Like, I'm glad it's not the standard, though. I don't think it should have been the standard. I feel like what it is right now is like a really good balance, especially for like more casual players. Mm-hmm. And gritty realism definitely like a different kind of clientele. I think it'd be cool to play, like, a one-shot using... Yeah, something short, just to, like, you know, test it out. See how it feels. Yeah. Alright, to the next one. Jack of Hat says, Too many player races have dark vision. And I agree. <laughs> dark vision is bullshit. I mean, everybody does <laughs> dark vision wrong for the most part. It It's so true. Everyone just thinks, oh, I can see in the dark. It's like, no, yeah. you can see through a certain level of darkness, through a certain amount of feet, and it's all black and white. You really can't see that much. Yeah. But alas, uh, I mean, uh, let me let me just kind of look and see how many... Uh... Yeah, that's a lot of dark vision. Yeah, I think all the races. All but like maybe three races have dark vision. I mean, it's it's a little bit more than three don't have it, but and yet Tabaxi's don't have it. Explain that one to me. Yo, that's that's a that's a travesty. That's no, a travesty, Tabaxi, man. Tabaxi's do have it. Oh, they do have it. Okay, yeah, I, okay. I must have just missed that then. I was about to say. Uh, somebody else needs it then. I, don't, I just don't remember which one it is. Give turtles dark vision. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck turtles, man. I just don't get them. <laughs> okay, the more I go, the less uh, the less races have dark vision. A lot oh, of really? the, a lot of the like core races have it, but uh, it, it gets better. No, oh, I guess it's less. I guess that's a good. Maybe it's just like the popular ones have dark vision. Yeah, that's, all, that's all where the it popular comes ones too. Uh, dwarves, elves, uh, halflings, no. Gnomes do. Why do elves have dark vision? I mean, what do your elf eyes see? <laughs> what do your human eyes see? I can Objection. do that for every race. <laughs> you know, humans and dragonborns and halflings are the only, uh, core races that don't have it. Dragonborns? That's, that's surprising. But... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay, let's move on. Mandy, do you have a opinion on dark vision? My only opinion on dark vision is that, like, so many races and classes do have it that the amount of spells that are oriented to like oh, so true. He is ridiculous yeah that, i mean there's like what your can there's like six cantrips on like the light spell yeah and then I like i don't need a light spell or a, i don't i don't need that honestly the time if we were if everybody played with uh dark vision the way it was supposed to be played those spells actually could be a little bit more useful um it's just kind of like a a certain point of light affects everybody so 
so much. So the dark vision in normal light, you get so many feet. In dim light, you get so many feet. And then darkness, you get so many feet. But if I you think increase if you're still in light, dim light, it's still disadvantage on with pretty much all perceptions. Yeah, but with with uh, yeah, with those light spells though, you can bring out another point of light to uh, rather than just like your torch or something, you can send your light spell further away. And just kind of have those different channels of uh, light. But like I said, nobody actually plays with dark vision correctly, so it's all moot. I can see in the dark, everybody, forever. <laughs> also, it doesn't come up a whole lot in the games you've been playing. So. Yeah. Alright, moving on. Next guy, Pigdom, says, Tieflings and Dragonborns are kind of lame. And dull. Hey, fuck you, Pigdom. <laughs> Which I feel is weird, because I feel like both of them are just unique in their own way. Like, Dragonborns, you're basically a dragon. And Tieflings, you're part devil. I mean, that's fucking cool in itself. <laughs> I don't know why he thinks it's dull. This man played with one too many edgy tieflings and said, I hate them. They're dumb. <laughs> that's what it is. Yo, I think uh, fucking dwarves are dumb. What about it? <laughs> what a random opinion to have. I don't know. Yo, who I hurt think they're you? kind of dull. Like, like cool enough abilities or something like dragon wars can breathe fire or lightning or something i don't know tieflings have special demon powers from depending on what lineage you're in i mean it's pretty fucking unique to me maybe they want more i don't so if you were gonna make a tiefling be cooler what would you do exactly i actually want to channel my uh infernal like legacy or uh, lineage rather to uh, allow me to be a full demon and send somebody to hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, as a dragonborn, I want wings and I want stronger fire breaths. Listen, they can make the breath weapon stronger. Have it uh, scale like a cantrip. That'd be great. <laughs> I always want to play a dragonborn. I don't know. I, I do too, but something I always... about of this I don't know. I'm just not excited about. Like I'm not saying like they're not cool or unique. I'm just like something about the Dragonborn just doesn't make me want to play Dragonborn. It's because their uh, their breath weapon could be scaled like a cantrip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared. Okay. Oh, it's actually <laughs> they're fun. It, literally any rate exciting as you make it. If uh, you don't find them exciting, it's because you've played with a bunch of boring players or uh yeah that sounds like a personal you're issue. boring <laughs> sounds like a huge problem pigdom <laughs> i'm sorry pigdom uh, all right going to number seven lars says death saving throws are dumb what dying is dumb <laughs> so my question I... would be like what would be the replacing system for that huh what would it be? Straight up dying? Just yeah, bleed out? This is another just like, what, what do you want out of this? Uh, I don't, I, like, out of this opinion. 
Somebody just rolled really bad on it, that's all. Mm-hmm. It's a personal problem for you, I guess. They rolled a nat one on their first character's death saving throws and said, fuck this. Yeah, he had a wizard, died level one. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they don't want death saves at all. Maybe they just want, like, you're down and so you're dead. That would just be lame. I won't like out. <laughs> Jacob's entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> If you, you probably don't know this, but J- Jacob, our fellow companion for D&D, he likes his characters so much that he kills them off on the regular. Or just leaves the party and just creates a new character. He likes his characters. Listen, I, I, I get I get it both sides. Like, one, uh, you know, he's, he's done with that character. Two, you know, I, I also want to play a bajillion characters and, uh, <laughs> classes and subclasses sometimes you need flavor but to be uh, fair your campaigns run pretty long yeah my campaign's been going for a while <laughs> so if someone wants to try out a new character they, they can't and they don't want to wait two years <laughs> yeah well well i i let people switch out if they if they want if it makes sense of the story um and jacob's not in well, i guess he's in two yeah. He hasn't killed off Nim. That's true. Yes. Um, I mean, he's been doing some stuff. I was going to say. <laughs> a few questionable decisions. That's true. We all make questionable decisions. Mm, none of us have eaten <laughs> ash from a, I mean, from a urn. I got. I almost died because I fed a turtle. Yeah, but that was Thing my fault. Happened. I didn't explain that it was a giant turtle, and you no, thought you it was a normal that, turtle. No, you, you explained that it's a giant turtle. I was just did I? I don't it. think I, like... I'm pretty sure you did. Yes, you did. Okay. And you didn't just die because you were feeding him. You almost died because you dunked him on the head first. I I tossed <laughs> an apple to him, and I, I had to roll for it, and I rolled poorly, and it resulted in me donking this turtle on the head when I was just trying to be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is because uh, Joe's racist against gnomes. And... I'm not. <laughs> I swear. Alright, let's go to the next one. Let's see who said this one. Uh, I don't I think I have one. It says, I think GMs who use pre-built modules are an affront to the art of storytelling because they undermine the work real writers have to do to build a cohesive world and skip right to the storytelling part thinking they're hot fucking shit along the way. Whoa. Wait, what? <laughs> Somebody that uses a module isn't like a real DM. No, they're appreciating the writing by bringing the story to life. That's just like saying anybody that reads books instead of writing them is <laughs> Yo, like, invalid. Pompous asshole thinks he's the William Shakespeare of D and D. It is such an asshole view. Like it's such so gatekeeping. Like if you're not homebrewing it, you're trash. Basically, this is like what? we're running to annihilation, and it's like the cool—it's a cool fucking module, man. Can it have some fun with some books? I don't—I don't think you need to be homebrewing your own campaign to be a real DM. Also, homebrewing your campaign is stressful and uh, takes a lot of work. Oh my god, does it, man? And I feel it. No matter how much I homebrew, do I think that I'm better than a whole team of professional writers? Nah. 
I don't know, Jared. They're, you're pretty good. Professionals for a reason. Yeah, they just no, no. This person is no. wrong. They're incorrect. They're incorrect. <laughs> this was just a super have, hot take. Just have fun. Just have fun. Yeah, don't uh, be a dick. Adapt the story if if you wanna. You can adapt the story. You don't even have to follow it. You can just buy it, look at it, be like, man, that's cool. I like this map. And then do whatever the fuck you want with it. Rule number one, don't be a dick. Don't Get it on a t-shirt dick. now at Amanda Panda Brand. <laughs> that's true. Perfect. Use uh, <laughs> code... What's the code? Mighty Flail. Use the code Mighty Flail in all caps to get a 10% discount. I don't know if it's actually a 10% discount. Yeah, I believe so. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get it now. <laughs> Jared, can you buy me a mug? I already ordered you a mug. And a shirt. Ah, <laughs> dope. You can also have a mug and a shirt by going to Amanda Panda Brand <laughs> on Etsy or Google. <laughs> Google Amanda Panda Brand. You'll find me on Etsy or just go to Etsy.com slash shop is this a, like a fake commercial brand shop we just uh, this is yeah, smooth buy, in there <laughs> buy, buy our merch i don't see what the problem is joe are you tired of cooking at home do you hate shopping yeah where's our where's hello our fresh. hello fresh sponsorship <laughs> we are not sponsored by hello fresh that'd be nice i wouldn't complain nope they got good food yeah Okay, moving on. <laughs> Number nine. Somebody said, is not a name, says, no playable race should have more than two legs. What? I think Shut basically it's the against, centaur. What do you have against centaurs? I don't know. What if I want to make friends from Harry Potter? I'm allowed to. Yeah, what if, that'd be cool. What if I want to play a human who walks on all fours? That would be weird. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Sometimes a BDSM podcast. <laughs> oh <my> what? <laughs> the tagline for one of the podcasts. If if you like uh, really poorly played but fun D and D, check out the Dungeons and Daddies podcast. Sometimes How many things are we gonna podcast. like plug in? Our entire entire, like podcast is just plugging in other people's stuff. You know, capitalism <laughs> rules. The also, centaurs are great. I'm gonna make a centaur next character. Centaurs would be great. What about what about a race that has no legs? What? Like the snake people. They have legs. Well, what? Are, I mean, they can shapeshift into snakes, right? Pure bloods shift. I think they might actually uh, be able to shift into snakes. Fact checking right now. <laughs> Your ass wrong. Um, uh, nope, they don't. Uh, well, that's disappointing. But mm. there are going to that uh, that do shapeshift. Yeah, like there's play. a lot of weird yonties. I looked into them, and there's like seven different kinds. Yeah, like the anathema, I think, doesn't have legs. But you know what? If you want, you don't need legs because D&D allows you to do whatever you damn well please. <laughs> okay, I think we're going into a bit more spicy now. Ooh, Amber, I, next one. Shadow Mark 7219 says, 
Critical Role has ruined the climate of D&D, creating unrealistic expectations. No. No. First of all, I don't think they ruined the climate. I think the cast of Critical Role is are, are great people. So they're playing their own version of D and I mean, it's fine. But they're actors. unrealistic expectations. I mean, yeah, they're all they're actors. So you have to keep in mind your home game probably isn't going to be up to that. But like, is your high school play up to the same standards as a Broadway musical? No good example but like you can still enjoy it just the same yeah they have sponsorships they have several thousand dollar budgets they are their own company who has a DM who is able to dedicate like a full time working schedule towards uh, crafting his worlds it's it's don't try to compare your DM or yourself to Matt Mercer or whoever DM you see online. Everybody's gonna play differently and none of it's wrong. You could get your inspiration from it, that's fine. But play play your game however you want. Don't set expectations. If your friends hate you because you're not Matt Mercer, you need to find new friends. Yeah, or those friends are just table. Lower your expectations. Yeah. Like, I get there's always that, there's those minorities, you know, who are all like, if you're not Matt Mercer, you're trash. Like, you're not doing exactly like this. But, I mean, for the most part, I think like 95% of the people are just fine with just playing D&D. And then, 10 to 1, those people, you're going to find them on the front page of RPG Horror Story. (laughs) Yeah. Because... They're gonna be like, yeah, Matt Mercer is not great. He's stupid. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna go and sexually assault your character in <laughs> game and not let you do anything about it. Oh <laughs> Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Okay, number 12. Some guy named Zverbs. Zverbs. Zverbs says racial ability bonuses should go away entirely. Also, casters should have the options for casting stats, such as a bard who can choose charisma or intelligence for their casting. Hmm. That was just like an interesting idea. I really like the idea of racial ability bonuses just going away. I mean, they essentially have with Sasha. You can make that's it true. The fuck you want. Uh, so you're not you're no longer like restrained from uh, having an orc that is dumb or. Uh, like you can make a non-smart gnome who's actually really strong and make that gnome barbarian you've always wanted. Mm-hmm. I like the idea. But, I mean, personally, I like the idea of just going away completely rather than just, like, balancing it out. But, I mean, it, I think it helps a lot. You just don't want any stats for your character? I just feel like that's what points buy is and stuff. Like, I don't know. That's just... I th- I think uh, the the racial bonuses is just kind of a. Uh, I think it's more indicative of the specialization of your character. Uh, rather, I mean, right now it's it's kind of based off of the traits of your physiology. But by getting rid of them, I think using the Tasha method is more indicative on 
queer character grew up to be. Like, if you're uh, Tiefling spent its whole life rather than having its devilish blood take hold of its tongue. If they just spent their whole life yoking up to get that uh, plus two strength, plus one constitution. Like, I guess it's like, like how you play it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, I mean, in the end, all of it's just how you choose to interpret it and whatnot. But. I was worried about, like, with that kind of system, like, you really min-max it, like, you know, the, the orc barbarian. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I will say I've definitely chosen, like, certain races or certain classes because I know it'll give me a plus one in whatever stat I need that is my casting ability. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm not purely basing my build based on, like, a backstory of a character that I want to play I'm building it like based on it's going to make a better character so in that regard it is kind of limiting like if you allow it to be like I do yeah no, I, I, that's, that's why I'm really glad that Tasha has kind of given a rule that allows you to get rid of all of that I do like that that's, it is nice make a character the way you want to make the character rather yeah. than just choosing what fits the mold that you need. You can make as a whole as, custom lineage now. As far as the second half of that question, I think being able to like choose your casting modifier ability, I think that would be really cool. Like, I know like cer- certain things like a bard being charismatic, like it makes sense. But like, what if you want to play like a bard that? is a storyteller or like a an author of poetry like and you want to go intelligence like i don't know why does it or like why does it have to be this is your your spell modifier i feel like you should be able to get to pick your spell modifier i kind of like that idea i never really thought of it before and i think it's kind of a holdover from like the old systems so i, th- I feel like technically you should be able to like change it up i don't know I think that the just what they are right now, for the most part, like some of it doesn't necessarily make too much sense, but uh, it's kind of indicative of how you got your powers. Like the wizards have an intelligence uh, modifier just based on their learning their spells, whereas uh, artificers as well, they're inventors, so they have to have their vast knowledge to produce these spells, whereas druids uh, use their wisdom to be more in tune with nature and uh, bards use their charisma which I can I can see there being a good uh, case for bards also being intelligence what about what about if a druid is just really charismatic with animals and that's how he like gets in with them <laughs> like yo is he seducing the thunderstorm to make lightning come down <laughs> maybe he's just like Hey, weather, maybe you could, like, help me out, bro. Hey, Zeus, you looking mighty fine today. Mind throwing a <laughs> thunderbolt my way. Or he's just, like, a little animal whisper, and he's like, Hey, little squirrel, maybe you could help me do me a favor and go spy on these people for me. Hey, yo, bears, you want to start a stampede to make an earthquake? Like, I don't know why that has to be wisdom. That, that could be 
or it could be intelligence like they've just studied the animals and the wildlife like I don't know shouldn't be pigeonholed I guess this this actually this question was very I think it was heavily downvoted on reddit people did not like this idea which, which I think is disappointing it's a cool idea the the magic modifier one I think yeah, that the, it's kind of like a, a two-part question in one. Yeah. Two different ideas. But I like it. I like it. Now I want to play a charisma-based druid. That would be kind of cool. No more druids for you. You gotta make a new character. <laughs> <laughs> Let uh, it go. <laughs> next question. Point by should or should not be mandatory? There's a big mix not. of this online. Like some, like it's like split in half. Some people think it should be mandatory. It should be just point by. Some people think point by is trash. See, point by is my favorite method. I enjoy point by. It's standard. It allows for customization, but still within a parameter. But saying that it should be the only one. Uh, no. no, just let people do what the fuck they want. Yeah, let people do yeah, what they want. As weird. long as everybody agrees on a system, I so. think. Like, I favor point by because I want to be able to customize my character as much as possible, but I would also be down for, like, a one-shot where you just roll what you roll, and even if your character ha- now has shit stats, like, oh well, <laughs> have fun. I prefer that method. Like, let me just roll the stats, see where it goes. I can make a cool character with somebody with, like, six dexterity. <laughs> it's all about the flaws, man. It makes the character. Embrace your flaws, everybody. I embrace the chaos. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> but no, I think, I think everybody. I think the party should just agree, or like agree that everybody can make their points the way they want to. As long as everybody's on the same page, then let people do what they want. Who are you to, in general, who are you to tell other people how they can play their games? Mind your business. Just let people have fun. We're all just trying to play games together. Rule yeah, two, we're telling you fun. how to have fun. Alright, we'll let you know how to have fun. <laughs> have fun, but, but only the way I tell you to. <laughs> Alright, next question, half and half and half, says... Legendary resistances are the worst mechanic in the game. And if you don't know what legendary resistance is, it's usually for... Those big bad evil monster guys who are just you know pretty high level. Um, they have these things called legendary resistances. You get they have three of them. So if there's like a wisdom uh, saving throw that the big bad guy has to make, and they roll like a one, they have the chance to automatically just save it anyway, just automatically. And it's three per day. Yeah. I think. If a character, if a monster is legendary, I mean, they've kind of earned to have some OP stats. Like, that's the whole point of them being legendary. I think the problem comes to where if you've played D&D enough and you kind of know what the resistances are and you exactly are going to know that this is a legendary creature, um, you're, I mean, this is kind of a metagame problem in itself, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to throw a spell at them, you're to be like, okay, well, he's just going to save this automatically, so why should I waste this? Well, that's you metagaming. I think 
instead you should not metagame you should do what you think your character would do and throw a firebolt and then when the dm's like huh looks like they're not taking as much damage as you would have thought they would then that's your hint to be like oh they're resistant i should try a different method i don't know i just really don't like that idea of legendaries it's just it's just i feel like it takes away from what the players are trying to do the thing is there are only three of them a day so you, you gotta think if you're this group that's just going in thinking you're hot shit and your whole plan is we're gonna go into this dragon's lair and we're gonna just lock them down with a whole monster spell and uh, you think that's just gonna be it but all of a sudden the dragon using its sure force of will just breaks free from it guess you gotta find another plan or try again Mm. he only has so much of those abilities and I can see where you're going with there it it would kind of ruin things if it was just like a one shot kill there they're generally a a larger kind of end game type boss in general and if Mm -hmm. we make it super easier just lock it down with cheese immediately it kind of loses impact that dragon that you've worked so hard to get to and are so intimidated by it if it just goes down in a few turns uh, due to your kind of higher level spells or your planning there's not really any like you might not remember that a couple years down there isn't that kind of room for tension you gotta make those bad guys uh, feel real strong and real scary hmm. yeah I can see that. Ooh, excuse me. I don't know. Still kind of bugs me a little bit, but I can see. I can see the, the logic in that. All right, so we're going to our very last question by Hericurus. Hericurus. I don't know how to spell it. It's still jumble letters. Characters should only be allowed to multi-class if players can come up with a good roleplay reason for why their character would do so. I agree. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I actually like that idea. Like, I mean, I just hate the idea of min-maxing, so that's the only reason why I'm really against that. Yeah, I mean, if, if they just... If they're, say, a rogue that... Uh, you know, they're roguish, but they find out, man, there's just a couple of combat things that I wish I had, and they just decide to dip in a fighter. How, how did your character suddenly become proficient in literally every weapon? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there should be a means of using, of, like, unlocking that potential or unlocking that power. Like, in my campaign, one of my characters was a gunslinger and realized that they didn't have access to those magic weapons. Uh, they uh, didn't want to be kind of denied by that very common uh, weakness. And so they decided to become a cleric. And uh, they came to me, they're like, I want to be a cleric next level up. And I was just like, okay, I'll see what I can do. So I killed his character. 
<laughs> and then uh, as Battle they teacher. died, as they died, um, they were brought back to life by the divine uh, power of the gods. Uh, and so, a cleric was born. Then he, then kind of expanded on it, praying every day to this this god who uh, brought him back to life, and now kind of uh, has guided him in his uh, building expertise and stuff. Or say somebody uh, in Joe's campaign, somebody wanted to be a warlock, uh, multi-class, and so he had this very intricate, like, special uh, uh, instant where he was, what, brought to another plane? Kind of. And with the hag. <laughs> yeah, and made a pact with the hag. Well, you made it sound like he had a choice. In- okay. <laughs> I, I okay. slightly forced it on him. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I warned him about, like, what do you, would you hate this idea? And he said, I'd be okay with it. And I was just like, well, we're gonna go with it and see how you like it. <laughs> Talk with your players. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want him to just feel like, okay, you're, you're going Warlock. No, no, no. Like, he has a choice, of course. But, yeah. Kind of in the same vein. Like, different topic, but same thing. Um, I wish that there was more... And I suppose we could just play it this way. I wish there was more roleplay or explanation of leveling up. Like, it feels like we just go to sleep and then we wake up and suddenly I'm like, huh... I know how to do this new spell. I actually how was weird. thinking that the other day for like a homebrew campaign ahead of my mind, where like once you get to like level three, I mean, that's basically when you choose your subclass, right? So say like, uh, I think like paladin or something or cleric, like you have to, I don't know, it doesn't say you have to, but there's like background type stuff. Like you have to like make this oath or, you know, get that, god power i mean you should probably do something for that so i feel like you shouldn't i mean it's up to the dm and the players to like kind of make that happen like you don't get your class abilities until you do this act but i feel like that should be more prevalent in campaigns that they just don't do that but i i I understand it in like some campaigns like tomb of annihilation where i mean you're not going to get those role play moments to do that necessarily I, every once in a while, uh, will kind of feed in a little bit of, uh, kind of roleplay, uh, to reflect some of the skills. Like, um, my very first character that I ever played, uh, was a champion fighter, and I knew we were on the cusp of, uh, level five, you know, when you get your second attack, uh, so just the act of him being able to swing faster and uh, more um, just kind of skillfully. Uh, I had a roleplay uh, moment where he was practicing uh, extra, just kind of off in the woods uh, hitting trees with his axe. And uh, in doing so, he gained just kind of a bit more proficiency. He pushed himself to that limit and from that point on he felt confident enough in himself that he could reliably more so uh, swing faster and use that second attack or 
in my in Tomb of Annihilation, uh, every once in a while, I'll make a just, a, just an offhand comment that uh, Bandu is writing in his journal. He's he comes up with his uh, new spells via just kind of theory crafting the spells he already has. Considering I uh, have kind of beyond just kind of the mystical influences that are affecting him right now he has a he has a theme he does only earth spells and fire spells and so he's more or less kind of riffing off of those spells uh, and molding them and kind of uh, rewriting the formulae to make them stronger like you can you can find ways to uh, level up your character it's just uh so you're Some saying have... I'm I'm just a bad player? <laughs> no. Well, you you even commented that. Uh, well, you know, sometimes it's harder. Uh, for some <laughs> for some characters, there is just like a weird leap in uh, abilities. So for like the druid, uh, once they hit level ten, all of a sudden they can turn into an elemental wacky, uh, especially if you've never seen an elemental before. Um, but you could find ways to explain it. Say you've reached an understanding and a bond with nature so grand that you can draw upon the planes of earth, fire, wind, and water to became, become a, an incarnate of uh, the elements themselves and elemental and stuff. Sometimes, if you get super in-depth with your character or within your campaign, like, you can find ways to explain it. Or sometimes you just don't have to. Sometimes, hey, get a power boost. Hell yeah, I'm so strong now. Look at me. It's like, it, it just really depends how in-depth your party is going with the campaign. Just have fun. Yeah, it's definitely something I really want to try. I definitely don't do enough of that. I think with me, with magic, like, if you're playing more of, like, a fighter or something, I feel like it's easier to explain, like, why you're getting stronger and more skilled with fighting. But with magic, it's like, well, I can fly today. I couldn't fly yesterday. <laughs> I haven't done anything to, like, prep. But... Or, like, I have this new spell where I can summon a thunderstorm. I didn't do that yesterday. Like, yeah, like, sorcerer spells, I think, is, like, a big thing for that. Like, I mean, you're already born with the magic, and suddenly you're just like, I feel stronger today. I can do more now. <laughs> I've been thinking about it, and I think if I just tried hard enough, <laughs> yeah, I could do this new weird. thing. Sorcerers get very few spells. You can almost see it as, like, I've had this power inside me the whole time, but all of a sudden a new power happened. It's just like, uh... That's so anime. It, it, I was just about to say, it's just like fucking My Hero Academia. All of a sudden a new power is woken in me. What? <laughs> so cliche. But, like, how, how like, in-depth can you go with that? Like, how many different kind of ideas can you come with? Like... For me, I can't think well, but maybe somebody else is more creative than I am out there. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's wacky. 
you can get creative with it. You can just kind of attribute it. It also depends how fast you're leveling up, what circumstances you're leveling up with. Um, if you if you're like leveling up after like especially experience based leveling up, uh, in that case, holy shit, we just defeated uh, Bandit Chief number one hundred and three and leveled up. Hell yeah, I uh, I can. Suddenly, <laughs> I I believe in myself. I have so much <laughs> confidence now in my abilities. But you could also kind of tackle it. What the hell's happening? What? My 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 Siri got activated. Okay. Don't mind. Oh. Um, but you you could also um I I've seen in where maybe you don't uh utilize your new moves or your new uh class abilities without. Uh, learning about it somehow. Say, yeah, who wants to do that? <laughs> it, I mean, it, it definitely limits your characters, but uh, if you're if you're going for like an in-depth kind of story, uh, let's see, what's a what's a good class? Um, monks. Uh, say you after you level up uh, at. Um, tenth level, you get a mastery of key flowing through you that makes you immune to poison and disease. Uh, say level ten hits, you get hit with a poison, and you know that the monks of your monastery have a special means of redirecting your inner body and your key, and so your party uh, takes you, rushes you to the monastery. In which uh, you're both healed, but also your uh, sensei master uh, teaches you for a week to redirect your key and uh, just figure out your body and uh, learn the ancient secrets. Or you're given the scroll that teaches you to redirect your key, blah, blah, blah. You could figure ways to, to do it. It's just whether or not you really it sounds want like to a lot of work. That's not say whether or not you want to put the effort in to, to do so. <laughs> and and in some cases, I can see that being kind of a kind of a, a lot of effort for such little kind of payoff. I really like the idea of like doing that only for like big moments, like level three and like level ten. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you do it for literally everything, I can see that getting uh, unnecessarily tedious. Yeah. Alright, I think that's our entire podcast today. I have no more hot takes. Do you have any hot cakes? I like some hot cakes. Back to breakfast. Are you guys hungry or something? I have you not eaten? I had ham and mashed potatoes. That sounds pretty good. It's pretty good. Alright, thank you guys for listening and participating in this podcast. I appreciate it. Visit mightyflail.com for more articles about random D&D stuff. I mean, it's good stuff. Apparently right now, uh, the thing I just wrote like a month ago, Durgar Screamers are apparently crazy popular. It's definitely like 
I think it's got like 60 views on it compared to like all my other ones that have like 10. <laughs> so, because if you uh, Google Durgar Streamers, you're the second thing that comes up. I am the second one that comes up, which is awesome. I'm so do popular. You, do you, viewer, have anything that you want us to talk about? Let totally. us know on mightyflail.com slash or on Twitter contact uh, and send us a message I think yeah does that work yeah you can you can comment yeah. on stuff yeah email email Joe uh, directly and he will <laughs> contact you back in 30 minutes or less I'll just throw out my phone number it's fine no you have your email on your website I do have my email. Your personal email on the contact That's... page. Let them know, There's... and we'll talk about whatever the <laughs> heck you want. Uh, hopefully D&D related, but I'm not opposed to having a one-hour podcast on breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Man, that would just make me hungry the entire time. I get hangry, it. you know. That's dangerous. Have a Snickers. Uh, that sounds pretty good, too. All right, well, we're done. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. Well, that was a fun one. Us. 